Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name's Elaine B and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, December 29th, 2017. And we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous today and we're on page 10 reading the first paragraph starting with he talked for hours through three paragraphs ending with as far as I had gone, commenting on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Reggie O, the 12 Traditions, Gail B, Kathy K, Jody EQ, and Penny LC. The reference number for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for yesterday, Thursday, December 28th, is 10849. That's 10,849. The reference number for this morning, 7 a.m. meeting, Friday, December 29th, is 10851. That's 10,851. DOA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any private or public organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who suffer, who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Elaine, and good morning, everybody. My name is Reggio, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. Very grateful to be here with you all. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over compulsive overeating, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles and all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie O. I will now ask Gail B. to please read the 12 traditions. 
Thank you, Elaine. This is Gail B., compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Gail B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Bill's story on page 10. Paragraphs 1, 2, and 3, beginning with the talk for hours. And I will now ask Kathy Kay to please begin reading. Thank you, Elaine. It's Kathy Kay in Boston, recovered. He talked for hours. Childhood memories rose before me. I could almost hear the sound of the preacher's voice as I sat on still Sundays way over there on the hillside. There was that proffered temperance pledge I never signed. My grandfather's good nature contempt of some church folks and their doings. His insistence that the spheres really had their music, but his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen. 
his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died. These recollections welled up for the past. They made me swallow hard. That wartime day in old Winchester Cathedral came back again. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are, for that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe initiated in a cipher, originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushed nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists, suggested vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all. How could there be so much of precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in the spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitations. But that was as far as I had gotten. Okay. Um, wow, there's a lot in these paragraphs. Um, and Bill is beginning his step two work, really, coming to believe in a power greater than himself. I, there are two things that um, I identify with here very strongly. One is a review of his history, how as Ebby shared his story, um, all kinds of memories came to Bill about his childhood experience at church, with his grandfather, with the preachers, um, and he says, as the recollections welled up from the past, they made him swallow hard. What does that mean, swallow hard? I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked it up, but... Um, Intuitively, it, to me, it means it's capturing his attention. Um, and that was certainly true for me as I started uh, working these steps, and in particular, listening to others share their story and, and reading We Agnostics. Um, for the first time in many, many, many years, I began to look at my upbringing and the beliefs that were passed on to me, um, which I had never questioned uh, for, you know, for the first 50 years of my life. Um, I, I, um, I guess I would say I was agnostic, and that's what Bill is saying here too. That when he heard Ebby. Um, in that third paragraph, he's saying, I was not an atheist. Few people really are. Um, he noticed how scientists even acknowledged that there were forces greater than human beings who had created the Earth. Um, and so um, there was uh, a mustard seed there of faith. Um, and I... In reading this this time and every time I've read it, it reminds me how far I've come in my uh, own spiritual development. When I first came to OA, um, I just I heard the expression "take what you want and leave the rest" 
and I left the God stuff. Uh, I had no use for it. I had an antipathy towards it. <clears throat> and it's only through years of listening and um, reading and reflecting uh, that I've become open um, to to what is suggested here. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. Who else would like to comment on what we read today? Gina R. Ginger C. Robin Jobian and Andre. Robin Roz G. I heard Roz G and Kathleen O. So I've got Gina R, Ginger C, Robin Joe, Kathleen O, Roz G. One more. Penny Elsie. And one was that Melissa? Melissa C. And Melissa C. Okay, let's go with that to start. And uh, Gina R., please go ahead, followed by Ginger C. Thank you so much. This is uh, Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. Um, Wow, I want to piggyback on what Kathy was just saying. As she was saying, she didn't know what hard to swallow meant. I was actually looking it up. And it it just simply means hard to believe or accept. And when I began this work um, and the food was down, what I was realizing was, was that there were really big chunks about myself that I was going to begin to chew on. And instead of chewing on the food, and using it to um, help me perform and then later to help me numb out and disengage from the world, I was going to start chewing on um, some facts about my life and some facts about um, how I'm even here in the first place and that all centers around the power greater than me. I did not create myself and um, I knew that Um, when I started this work, but what really happened for me in this process was coming face-to-face with my own agnosticism inside my belief in God and the fact that I, even though I had an inflated, overinflated ego, really deep inside, I felt, I, I thought so little of myself and I felt so small and I, I simply didn't believe that what I saw happening for others could happen for me. And that's what I had to come face to face with. So toward the end of what she read today, I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation. If I was going to really get this, I had to have God set myself aside and that set aside prayer was so critical for me. I even couldn't, I, I, I had to pray God set aside everything I think I know, not please help me set aside because I couldn't even do the set aside. I needed to have God set this aside. And if this was a power that knew neither time nor limitation, then I am part of that. And there's no reason that I would be exempt from the solution. So once I 
admitted to my innermost self that I was a compulsive eater and that this was going on for me, I could then embrace the idea that I am part of this time and nor this limitation and that the solution would also apply to me. But I had to roll up my sleeves and get ready to do some work. And I'm so glad I did and I'm glad I'm laboring with all of you. And welcome to the newcomer. This is a great time to um, embrace this program. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Gina R. Ginger C., you're up next, followed by Robin Joe. Star one to unmute, Ginger. Ginger C. Hi, sorry about that. Um, good morning, Elaine. Thanks so much for your service. Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, boy, Bill is really being pushed here. You know, step one was pretty easy because every sip that he had to take convinced him completely head to heart that, yes, he is a real alcoholic and has a problem. But now in this paragraph, he's starting to grapple with step two, this whole idea of a higher power that he needs to find and connect into in order to stay recovered. And um, so Ebby's talking for him, you know, talking with him for hours and bringing up all these memories from the past. And, uh, and back on page nine, you know, Ebby told him simply but smilingly that he got religion. So again, we're just seeing Bill really struggling with step two. And, and I just love the simplicity, though, of this program. You know, on page 47, our step two is a simple, short one question. It says, do I now believe or am I even willing? You may not even believe, but are you even willing to believe that there is a power greater than yourself? And we're not asking you to create this amazing God connection. We're just saying, as long as it's not you, it's, it's good to go. I know in AA, a lot of people say doorknobs are their higher power. I mean, it gets really simple. But again, I complicate it, and I want to figure it out. And it's all about managing control. And that's when I'm really missing the boat. Because unless I completely let go of the wheel 100% and I let this force and this power take over and steer, I'm not going anywhere. A friend of mine that does big book studies says, you know what? If you're 99% giving it over to God, yet you're holding on to 1%, you're committing suicide. But this step two, again, it's really simple. It's just, are you even willing? And of course I'm willing. I am so beaten down by the food and where it took me. If you told me to jump 50 feet, I would do it. I don't know how I'd get that high, but I'd try. I was willing to go to any lengths for victory over this. So, you know, again, page 25, we only have two doors. Blot out this, uh, go, was to go on uh, to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, or again, accept the spiritual help. You know, God is everything. And the most incredible thing is that God is down deep within each and every one of us. We don't have to go far to find it, but you have to seek it. You have to do the asking and ask for God's help. And as soon as you do, God just starts running to you. So this program is about lack of power, and my only solution is a higher power, and it's my only defense between this elbow that wants to bend and pick up the bite. And if you're struggling, you know, I just hope you're out of ideas, like someone just said the set-aside prayer, and I hope the food convinced you. If you're in this program and putting the food down and having to be convinced, I don't know if you've done enough research. 
And I hate to say that, but when I came in this last time, I was not messing around with anything. I was scared to death for my life. And I was willing again to go to England for victory over this. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Ginger C. Robin Joe B., I believe it's B., um, followed by Kathleen O. Yes, thank you so much. It is Robin Joe B. in Missouri. Um, I am recovered uh, compulsive eater. Um, and uh, this, um, it's kind of funny. I, I'm always um, kind of amazed. It seems like um, I'm the opposite. I hear so many people saying when they come in, you know, they didn't want to hear the God thing. And um, I got to say that I stayed out of the rooms for 15 years because of the HP thing. <laughs> um, I had bought the Overeaters book, the workbook and everything, and I was going to try to do it at home by myself because I was 85 miles away from a, a meeting and didn't know anything else and had two little boys, and, and I was ashamed, and I couldn't even tell my husband that I was um, bulimic, you know, and um, I wanted to do this secretly. And when I got those books and I seen the HP, the first time I seen the HP, I, I honest to God, I honest, honestly thought, what on earth does Hewlett Packard have to do with my eating disorders? And um, and then when I realized they were calling my God HP, um, it seemed to um, diminish. God for me and or um, not for me but it seemed like he was diminished um, by the program and um, I and I couldn't handle that so my um, self-righteous foolish pride um, I went through the books and I and I crossed out all of the HPs and I um, and I put you know God or award or whatever I wanted in those spots and um and I still couldn't do it I just was that um prideful and I ended up throwing the books away and being extremely um lost and sick for 15 years um really thinking that I would um die with my head in the toilet um and and um but I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. You know, God, uh, he's, um, it's all, it's all for a reason. And he, he totally, um, his timing is, is perfect. And I just have to trust that. And I do. And I, um, I know that, you know, the God that I serve and, and, um, and love and, and he loves me, you know, there's just nothing I can do without him. The problem was I always believed in this God, this great God of mine, um, but I never, I did pray many times for him to remove the eating disorders, uh, but I prayed for him um, to give me the strength to do it, and um, I wasn't I wasn't getting out of the way and letting him do it for me. And um, thank you. And so, so what it was, was, um, you know, I was guilty. I was so guilty because I knew this isn't how God wanted me to be treating my body. And, and so I had that. So with that, I will pass. Thank you so very much. And thank you, Robin Joe B. Kathleen O, you're up next, followed by Roz G. 
Good morning, Elaine. Thank you so much. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And here's the second mention of that um, Winchester Cathedral, that wartime day in the old Winchester Cathedral came back again. And Bill mentions that at the beginning of his story. Um, uh, let's see, I was, we landed in England, I visited the Winchester Cathedral. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really give many details about this, but it seems that that's kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of read those and think, you know, that's sort of his higher power letting him know um, it's there for the taking. And Bill kind of has a sense of that, but, you know, he's not there yet. And then, you know, and he has learned um, that he's powerless over alcohol. He's learned from Dr. Silkworth, because he's talked to Dr. Silkworth by now, that he has an allergy to the body, which prevents him from stopping once he starts. And he's got an obsession of the mind that keeps him, you know, that condemns him to keep drinking. And now Ebby's telling him about God and religion. And I, too, had enough preaching and religion growing up. And when I first came into OA in my early 20s, I literally left the meeting when I heard the word God too many times. I never even made it past the break. And maybe if I had stuck around longer, I would have heard the principle prior, you know, um, uh, contempt, don't have, what is it, something about contempt prior to investigation. And so, like Bill, I always believed in a power greater than myself. And I actually thought of myself as a spiritual person. But this idea of a power being a part of my life and helping me with my eating problems was something I'd never considered or thought possible. So it was like, well, could a spiritual solution actually help me with my hopelessness? And, you know, the the line, um, I simply had to believe in the spirit of the universe. And like everyone's saying, that is step two. And I'm thankful Bill used the words power greater than myself and spirit of the universe, because if they had just had God in this book, I probably would have bailed. Um, I don't have a problem saying God now because I know God is, you know, for 10 people giving their definition, she'll probably get 10 different examples. But when I tap into those powers, I'm, I'm given the ability to let go and experience calm and peace and joy in my life. And in the beginning of my abstinence, that voice that would say to me, you know, go ahead and eat. It'll be okay. You can do this abstinence thing tomorrow. You know, I could actually go to that power and, and really let go of that crazy insane thinking and make it through another day. So really all I had to do was look inward and welcome this higher power into my life and to have hopelessness be replaced by hope and faith and know deep in my heart and soul and believe that I couldn't do this on my own, but I can do it with something bigger than me. And so with a God of my understanding, these steps in all of you, I'm happily abstinent, abstinent and I'm experiencing freedom and joy. And if you're new, you can too, just stick around. And thank you, I pass. Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Roz G, you're up next, followed by Penny L.C. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. And so <clears throat> I'd like to um, focus on the heroes that Bill talked about. He, his heroes were chemists, astronomers, intellectual heroes, and evolutionists. And my spiritual heroes prior to... Um, finding a power greater than myself was movie stars, skinny people, and people who wrote diet books. I pledged my my actions to what they what their books told me to do 
And I thought, even skinny people, <clears throat> like I remember I had a professor in my psychology program that was really thin. Uh, three of them. One of them was in my psychology program. One of them was in my um, uh, my first college program, and the other one was also in um, yeah my psychology program. Sorry, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, I can exactly remember those three people, skinny professors, and I remember going up to each one of them and saying, "What do you eat?" Anybody that was thin was my hero. And of course, just like all of us that are on this line or that I've heard, it only worked for a little time and then I went right back into the food. <clears throat> so today, my heroes are Bill W., Bob, Dr. Bob, and there's a couple of people in the Overeaters Anonymous program who are also my heroes. I don't worship them, but they're heroes to me because they've pointed to the big book, to the 12 steps of recovery. <clears throat> and I have experienced recovery through those readings, through the actions that, that I am directed to take. And another um, hero that, you know, and I know that this book tells us, you know, on pages 86 and 87, that we're supposed to take, um, that we can, if we have a religious background, that we can um, uh, incorporate that into our morning routine. And so the writers of, of the New Testament are heroes to me, the people that are in the New Testament, because they direct me to, to depend upon God, to be of service to others, to live in humility. And that's exactly what Bill tells us to do throughout the big book. So to me, they are coupled. They are hand in hand. And I'm grateful that um, I'm a part of this meeting on a daily basis, pretty much. I have, he, have um, in quotations, heroes that speak up almost every day here. And the, read, the writers of those, those books versus the writers of the diet books are now my heroes. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Raz G. Penny L.C., you're up next, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Elaine, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And when I read these, these paragraphs, um, it occurred to me the three, three different um, R's. He was, um, Bill was in the process of reflecting on his past concepts of a higher power those pieces that had been put in place by his experiences in life. Um, and then, you know, he was able from there to, you know, have that opportunity to reevaluate his choice about a higher power. And, um, and then three, reconcile his old beliefs with new possibilities. And all of that would help him to come to believe and that's what I had to do as well. You know, when I came into program, I came with what I thought was a God of, of my understanding. But I came to find out that that higher power was something that was um, a combination of things that I had heard and been told and um, thought that I should 
believe and have certain concepts about. And what I had to find for myself was if I was going to grasp the spiritual solution and have it work for me, this higher power of my understanding had to be personal to me. Couldn't be distant, judgmental. Um, instead, had to be some an entity that I could relate to 24-7 um, and that I, for me, it had to be an entity that I felt unconditional love from. And when all of that started to unfold, then I could come to believe. And, um, you know, each one of us gets to walk this journey and find what works for us. And that's the beauty of this program. We all have a choice. And we can all choose to believe what works for us. And for that, I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Penny Elsie. Melissa C., you're up next. And then we'll open up for more shares. Hi. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, this part in the book, it really it makes me recall like my own internal dialogues, you know, that I had long ago, you know, that I was trying to understand God. You know, I wanted to figure this thing out. Like I was going to have a good think about it. And, um, and that I, I struggled because I thought I had to reconcile like the notion of God that I knew I needed, you know, with, um, the notion of God that I thought I was seeing in front of me, you know, and, and they were not in agreement with each other. Like my two visions, um, they, they were not um, cooperative. They were not one in the same. And so, you know, I had this notion of a God that um, did not do for me what I believed he needed to do for me. You know, I had, a world of hurts at God's plan. Um, and, um, and I just could not understand how God could exist in a world where, you know, evil, death, pain, calamity existed. I was very stuck um, in trying to figure it out. And, you know, and so, uh, you know, in program, the religious people that <clears throat> used God, used that word very freely, um, I avoided them. You know, I was like, I don't really, not interested in them. I, I looked down on them. I thought I was somehow superior. Um, and the crazy thing is for me in my darkest time, you know, I happened to run into one of those deeply religious people, you know, and she appeared in like the most worldly spot and offered me help, you know, and and really, I think what I eventually decided um, was I didn't need to have God figured out. Like, I was never going to get it figured out. And step two really was just an admission that I need something. I don't have to know what it is. Um, and so I think that's very comforting often for many of us that um, you have the steps. You have all 12 steps to figure out if you ever figure it out, you know, um, and you don't need to figure it out to, to use it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you very much, Melissa C. So we're commenting on page 10 of Bill's story, and we've read three paragraphs, starting with the first paragraph that begins with he talked for hours, um, all the way through three paragraphs, ending with as far as I had gone. We're commenting on all three paragraphs. Who'd like to share on that reading Charles today? Charles H. Sherry K. Marin K. Darlene P. Darlene P. Ashley P. Oh, so many people. Um, and I think we really only have time for about three shares unless people uh, go quickly. So I heard a few people at the beginning and a few people at the end. Charles H., Sherry K.B., Leah S., and Ashley P. I'm not sure if we'll have time for all of you, but we'll give it a try. Please go ahead, Charles. Hey, my name is Charles H. I'm a Republican Baltimore Um, You know, it's funny how Eddie Thatcher was telling Bill, you know, saying in his, you know, of course, after he was uh, recovered, he was saying that, uh, you know, he he was preaching and he was ranting. But the text, Bill saying he did no ranting. But on page 10, Bill was the one doing the ranting. And I just want to give you an analogy that will, that helped me out. If I'm drained, I need power. <laughs> All I got to do is connect it. And, and, and another thing I'd like to discuss, the simple religious idea that Ebby talked about on page 9 is just that I can't do this by myself. I think the biggest um, misconception is um, I can fix this myself in Ovaries Anonymous. And also, I think um, we drop people on the head after we step 9. Um, <laughs> we need to continue this for a lifetime. So, you, I mean, it's just through, through, uh, through complete deflation, even in a recovered state. You know, there's a duck on the water. We see the duck coasting, but we don't see him pedaling his behind off on a daily basis to stay afloat. Uh, you know, complete deflation. Bill was willing, even though he was ranting, he was fighting with himself, you know, like, like they said on the first hour between step one and, and step two, I think that's a big issue in Overeaters Anonymous. And I'd like, to just, I'd like to just make the analogy on the first page in the doctor's opinion to this. In the course of his third treatment, that means even Superman got to stay away from um, kryptonite every single day, step one, every single day. Step two, um, I'm powerless every day. So, you know, all I got to do is, 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 is charge, get connected to a power source. How? By working these 12 steps on a daily basis, whatever I got to do. And sometimes I got to disconnect from programs and folks, right, so I can get that fourth 11-step promise, which is what I'm working towards. We relax and take it easy. Sometimes I need a day for Charles just to disconnect from everybody so I can reconnect and be more um, of a use to others. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Charles H. So we have Sherry KB up next, followed by Leah S. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive, a reader. Thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line. I'm just going to jump right in here. Um, childhood memories rose before me. You know, I do think of um, when I've read this page of the memories that I grew up with, the idea of a higher power. And that, you know, the this, this second uh, 
sentence, the second paragraph is all by itself about the wartime in Old Winchester Cathedral came back. And to me, when a sentence stands out like that by itself, that it's a paragraph, that means pay attention to that to me. And he's talking about how he felt lonely and afraid, but he had connected with a higher power. But soon that thought drifted away from him, and he was back into um, liquor and everything. And so to me, it's this, there was that, that feeling of a power greater than, than, than myself there. Um, and that just that um, I had to simply believe in a spirit of the universe who had neither time nor limitation. But that was as far as I'd gone. So for me, I believed that um, I believed in a higher power. It just I wasn't sure that my higher power would help me with my disease. That's what I believed for a very long time. And what I love about this program that it's a spiritual program, not a religious one. And I was told once um, that man created religion and God created spirituality. So for me, it's a direct relationship with a power greater than myself. And that, to me, is what the chapter of We Agnostics is all about. It's not to prove that um, God exists, but to let God prove that God exists with me and that I can have a personal relationship with a higher power so that I can work these steps and get unblocked and connect with that power and have a personal relationship. And to me, that's what this is all about. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Sherry KB. Leah S., you're up next, followed by Ashley P. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you, everyone. Um, such a wonderful meeting. Um, my name is Leah S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay, so um, I, I had grown up uh, in the religious uh, surroundings, and I am considered a very religious woman, and yet I couldn't understand why people were talking about God when I came into the rooms and even on the phone calls. And um, I, I, I was a very cynical person, and because, because of that, my trust was really challenged. But, you know, deep, deep down... I did want relief. I knew that if I'm not going to get out of what I am and I'm not going to have that psychic change that is going to say, eat me, eat me, eat me, eat me again, and I, I finally succeeded, I'm not eating you, and then the next week, eat me, eat me again. That psychic change had to occur, and I had to make my own personal higher power. And once I created that personal higher power, I literally adopted it to my food, to my life, to my everything. And because of that, it has grown and grown and grown. There is room for more growth as I continue this road. Whatever it is that is occurring, I bring God into the picture. Where are you, dear God? I, I'm not saying that I'm going around all the time thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But it, when, when something bothers me, then, then I know that's the first place I've got to turn to. And that has helped me very much in my, in my recovery. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you very much, Leah S. And gratefully, Ashley, we have time for you and perhaps one or two more afterwards. Please go ahead, Ashley. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Um, well, good morning, everybody. And um, 
uh, grateful for everybody's service and, and really grateful to be on the line today. There are such powerful shares on the line today. Um, and, and yeah, looking at, at these paragraphs, um, something that my sponsor said really stands out to me um, because my sponsor said, all your higher power has to be is not me. Like you could literally call your higher power, not me. Um, and that really, really helped me in the beginning, and it it consistently um, helps me uh, when when I am getting into self and when I default to maybe old ways of thinking about my higher power, or um, if when I default to to feeling sad or, or angry at my higher power for um, you know things that are going on in in my life, things that are going on in the world, um, I or when I try and understand, figure out what my higher power is, that that can get me into trouble. I, I often just come back to, it's just not me. Um, and then I can become willing to work the rest of the steps. And, and partly how I can do that is because of everybody's, all these shares in the line today that are so much like mine, you know, shares about, about feeling angry or or abandoned by your higher power or or just feeling like you have to figure it out you have to figure it out that that was my story too and and I just I couldn't figure it out and I did have a a, a life where I had decided that um you know my higher power had had abandoned me um and and more specifically that with my eating disorder my my higher power couldn't help like maybe a higher power could do a lot of work, but you know, an eating disorder, that's, that's too ridiculous. Um, and, and so I just turned and I looked at all of these other people in program that had similar stories to mine and that were once deeply in the food and somehow weren't anymore. And um, just having seeing that, that their lives were different gave me enough faith to to be able to say just to really be able to continue to work the steps I didn't have to believe that they were going to work I didn't have to understand how uh, a not me higher power was going to help me um, but it gave me enough willingness to, to do the work to allow some of those thoughts and feelings to um, make more sense as as I as I did the steps. So I just encourage anybody who um, feels like I, I don't understand what my higher power is. And I don't know that my higher power can help. Um, as long as it's not you, keep working the steps because it'll um, it'll make more sense. Um, and and that has been a miraculous change Gentle for me. Reminder. Um, and with that, I wish everybody a very uh, happy Friday, and I pass. Fabulous. All right. Well, we have time for one more share. Penny I'd like C. to take that. Penny C., you've got it. Oh, thank you, Elaine. Um, I, lo- I love this part of I'm Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. And uh, he brings up Winchester Cathedral again. And there's some, you know, um, what I think here is God works in strange ways, you know, as we hear. Is it odd or is it God? The reason... And I don't, I don't hear it talked about, but I've read it online, that the reason that this tombstone in Winchester Cathedral 
caught Bill W.'s attention is the man's name was Thomas Fetcher. And Bill Bill thought that perhaps, you know, there was a, a confusion in the spelling of the name and that Thomas Fetcher may have been a relative of his old friend, Ebby Thatcher. And in, this was in the, the mid-18th century that this happened. So so that was the first reason he looked at the, that stone. And then he read the doggerel. And what we don't hear and what Bill doesn't say is that this man died of a fever from drinking cold, small beer. And so, you know, I started doing some research and found out that small beer meant that there wasn't much alcohol in it. And in the mid-18th century in England, the way that they treated a fever was to drink some strong beer. And so, you know, Bill got a message, but it might most likely was not the message that was intended, but it was God saw it with that Bill got that message, and he hang, hung on to it all those years because at the end of the doggerel on Thomas Fetcher's tombstone, it says, Soldiers be wise from from this untimely fall. And when you're hot, drink strong or none at all. In other words, drink an, you know, enough alcohol to cure what they thought would cure the fever. So, you know, the, the history isn't as important for me as the fact that God really, really talks, as, as one of my teachers used to say, in um, oh, fifth or sixth grade, she would say, God writes straight with crooked lines. So what, you know, what seems like the message to us um, might might look like, what doesn't God know what he's talking about? But God does. And God, in my estimation, my, my thought, God attracted Bill W. to that stone because of the name, and he got a message that probably wasn't exactly what the message was meant to be, but it was good for him. And so I hope I said that that well, but it's it's just interesting to me how God works in strange ways. And with that, I'll pass. Very well said, Tennessee. Thank you. And thank you, everybody who has shared today. Great shares. We will now transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jody E.Q. please read A Vision for You? Our book is yes. meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Elaine. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered today by the grace of God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.